there are some football fans who follow their team through thick and thin. Whichever way the wind blows, whatever league or division they find themselves in, they will devote themselves to standing on the terraces, or rather sitting these days, to wearing the colours, singing the songs of encouragement. And then there's other fans. Those that only come along when the team's on the way up. Those that are only there when they think they're going to win. They are fair weather fans. Today's passage is not aimed at the fair weather fans. It's for those people of God at the lowest time possible. A time of great need. A time of great sorrow. A time when they need hope. This is the message of hope. Now, I'm not really a big sports fan. Might watch a bit of Wimbledon. The Olympics. Well, I missed most of that this summer, actually. Um, Commonwealth Games. But beyond that, sport doesn't really do it for me. You know, and particularly not football. That said, no one wants there to have been such awful abuse cases as we've been hearing about in the press this week and in the week before. Young people should be able to enjoy sport without fear of assault. And football has found itself victim in the way that churches and youth organisations have been used in the past as a cover for those that do evil. And disappointingly, foolishly, elements within the sport, like elements within the church in the past, fell for that desire of trying to keep the evil hidden. Trying to keep it hidden lest the name be tarnished. We here at Linfield URC take the matter of safeguarding seriously. Which is why, of course, those working with children and young people have DBS checks. It's why at the annual meeting a couple of weeks ago, we reminded you of this, the statement of safeguarding. Why we read that each year. If anything concerns you, if you're worried about anything... If there's anything like that, please do speak to myself or Danny or one of the other leadership team. The United Reformed Church is nationally in the process of conducting a past case review of sexual abuse. Going through files, trying to sort out what there is. 
and it's trying to find out if there's been anything that's raised concern about the behaviour or conduct or conduct of anyone affiliated with the United Reformed Church since it was founded in 1972. And there's further details about that on the URC website, the main national denomination one, including a way of reporting stuff. Those that are in the lowest time possible need hope. They need to find a way forward. Those that have been through such traumatic times need to be sure that there is something beyond and that they will have justice and that righteousness will prevail. And our reading this morning has the prophet speaking to a people that have lost confidence with where they are. Speaking to a people who feel abused, who feel attacked, who feel that others have given up on them. They are ignored by recent kings. And they just don't know which way to turn. These are God's people. And they're feeling so disenfranchised. They're feeling a bit like some of those that maybe voted Trump in America. Because he speaks against the status quo. They want to hear of change. They're desperate for change. And change almost beyond their wildest dreams is what's being offered here. But because this is a promise from God, although beyond their dreams, it will come true. Isaiah's audience, the people of God, had lost hope. Their country had become rather like the French state had in the Second World War. King Ahaz had entered a pact with the Assyrians, a pact with the enemy. He went against the invitation to join with others, to make an allied force. And instead, he opens the door to evil. He has even adopted the religion of those who had come from the east. He cleared out some of the temple, put the false gods in there, and this became the worship. Not what was right for the people, not what was right in their eyes, not what was right in God's eyes. But he was ready to spin it to his advantage and say this is how things should be. 
the image, therefore, of a new king, a good king, would be very powerful. And a king from the stump of Jesse suggests not just a king like David, but poetically it suggests that David is coming back. It will be David himself. To be David would be a king chosen and anointed by God. Remember Samuel's visit to Bethlehem. Seeing the older brothers before the younger shepherd boy. To be a king like David would be someone that could lead his men into battle. This is the one that stood up to Goliath. This is the one that the people sang of the ten thousands that he had slain. This is someone with character and leadership and power in the right place, not abusing his power. It would be a king that acts with integrity. He did not kill Saul in the cave, but merely cut a fragment of cloak to show his honesty and say, look, I don't want to kill you. He was a king that reunited the nations. He completes the forgotten task, finally, after hundreds of years, completing the promised land. Taking Jerusalem from the Jebusites, but also uniting north and south. A king that would return worship to its rightful place. He freed the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines and brought it to Jerusalem. This is the sort of king that the stump of Jesse will produce. It might just be a sapling to begin with but it will grow and be powerful and will be right. Now, of course, David had his faults. His falling for Bathsheba is a serious case of misconduct in public office, not to mention the orders directed against her husband, Uriah, being tantamount to murder. These concerns are overcome, however, in the description of the new king. Because the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of God will be there and fully dwell within. And the spirit of God in our life equips us to be his church. It equips us to speak for righteousness and justice, to turn against evil and to do the right thing. And when we listen to the Spirit and live his way, we develop spiritual fruit, love and joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. But here, Isaiah is expressing something more in the coming king. The spirit will fill the whole being. There will be a divinity 
in this king. And the wisdom will be superior to even King Solomon, the son of David, who was known for his judgments. Whereas Solomon would hear the case and wait up and think what is the right thing here. The coming king judges also with righteousness, but not on what he sees or hears. A lie would not fool him. He knows things are not always as they appear. He would not be taken in by false news stories. He does not need the testimony of others. But he himself will recognise the truth. He will know the truth. He will know God's way. The king will think of those who are less fortunate. The poor and the needy will receive appropriate justice and judgment. And his words, the breath on his lips, are literally God's word. The word for breath here being the same as the word for spirit. And so as he speaks, it is God's spirit speaking. Is God's Spirit touching people and reaching out to them? He will not be slow to act. The belt is symbolic of a quick response to the injustice. And having a belt would remind people of the need at Passover to tuck your cloak in so that you're ready to get there ready to leave, ready to move. This is the new king, quick and ready to intercede when he is needed. So the promised king is clearly even greater than David was, but then so is the description of the kingdom of his reign in the second half of the passage. Recently in the evenings, as we read Noah and the Flood, we had a suggestion that before the deluge, that all people and perhaps all animals had been vegetarian. In Eden, Adam and Eve were offered all types of plant to eat. But after leaving the ark, the offer is extended to all meat. The description of the new kingdom seems to reflect the original status. Wolf with the lamb, the leopard and the goat, the lion eating straw, the toddler playing near the venomous snakes, absolutely nothing to be concerned about. In this new created order, there is nothing to be fearful of. The animals need not have fear either. The dominion of earth that humanity so often turns into aggressive domination is demonstrated by a child leading the animals. A child who is young 
not much more than a toddler in this description, is leading the animals forth with gentleness. But that still has a sense of order that is different from what was there at the beginning. It's not a return to Eden. In Eden, the fruit of the tree of knowledge was forbidden. But in the new realm, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Not just about God, but the knowledge of the Lord. It's a state of perfection that we cannot reach with humanity in charge. But only by God's most wonderful will will we see it. The holy mountain of God. The place of his presence that Moses would climb to be with God. That will be every square inch of the world. And the whole earth filled with his knowledge. The nations can be at one. David reunited Israel and Judah. But in Christ, they will not be Jew or Gentile. East or west. North or south. A place where God's peace will truly reign. And in this perfection, nothing in the presence of the Lord will be harmed or destroyed. So sin and sorrow will come to an end. It's a vision into the future. Long past the day of the Bethlehem birth. But until that day comes, that day of hope where all will be at peace, we the followers of Jesus have to show something of that future kingdom in our lives. It is our role, our place, the church's mission to tell the story. We are to be like the trailer in the cinema that advertises the film that's not yet released. You know, you go there and they tell you that you have to be there at a certain time, they turn the lights off, and then you get the trailer up after the adverts. And it gives you glimpses, little snapshots. It shows you the adventure. We are to be the trailer. We are to show what God's kingdom is supposed to be. We're to give a flavor so that others want to see the full story. Christ and his kingdom are coming soon. It is a love story. It is action. It is adventure. It is heartwarming. It even has a little bit of comedy on the side. It is what everyone needs for their lives. Whatever they've been through, whatever challenge, whatever pain, this will meet their needs. So let the church show what we believe the future holds. 
and reveal the truth of Christ, who is coming soon. Amen.